Hey folks, like poetry, on April 25th, 10 of Seattle's top spoken word poets will face off in Rain City's annual Grand Slam Championship. This literary showdown will decide who represents Seattle at the 2018 National Poetry Slam in Chicago, Illinois. Poetic passion, healing, humanity, and howling harangues, daring declarations of daring do, you'll see all that and more at the 2018 Grand Slam. Check out tickets at raincityslam.com, Rain City Slam on Facebook, or Rain City Slam's 2018 Grand Slam at brownpapertickets.com. Our sponsor is Rain City Slam, and this is UpZones. You have to elect yourself, Jamie. Things are changing. Things are changing. You can't say it, but you know it's true. You elect yourself. Things are changing. You elect yourself. You elect yourself. What's up? Happy Monday, up zoners. This is the springtime, isn't it? Spring has kind of sprung. I'm sure we'll be disappointed very gravely here in Seattle many times between now and the summer but for now it's just it's just something special we've had some victories for people who believe in density to alleviate displacement we had the revocation of the parking requirements downtown i think that was a big win for the city council and as several of my guests have said we have an urbanist city council, so let's just keep the pressure on and they'll keep passing those kind of laws. Uh, we've had some setbacks. Whatever the heck is happening in Tolaris up, up in the northeast of the city is uh, boggles my mind. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a good time of year. And I hope everyone recognizes that. Today's guest, Jennifer Zale, she's the artistic director for Intimon Theater. That's a pretty important role in the culture of the city. You know, I like to respect greatness, and that's one of the things we talked about, how in some artistic communities there's kind of a, a loss of fidelity of meritocracy and greatness, and what does it mean to be a fabulous artist, and what is your responsibility to the community as an artist? Yeah, I, I, we had a great conversation, but it kind of comes full circle. I've had people ask me, if you're doing this urbanization thing and this density thing and this, you know, upzoning thing, what the hell do you have so many artists on for? And all I can say is, uh, listen to Jennifer. She brings it home. There is a very profound sense of not only the artist's responsibility to the community, which is there and is real and would be a perfectly valid thing to cite, but the community's responsibility to the arts. And to hear her talk about one of the biggest concerns she has right now is the city changes, uh, you know, is it upzone or it doesn't upzone at all <laughs> as, as just more and more people move in and it gets a little bit thicker and a little bit swampier and a little bit denser is that maybe some of the newer folks aren't engaging with the culture of the city the way uh, a free citizen ought to do. I, I like to let folks speak for themselves. I push back gently, but it was, it's actually kind of hard to push back. In, in her case, because uh, I think she's right on something. Maybe turn off your PS4s, you know, and uh, and go see a damn play. But I'll let her tell it, because she knows what the hell she's talking about. I'm just a guy that interviews people. Artistic director of Intimon Theater, Jennifer Zale. It's like few and far between, no. you know. I end up driving in the mornings now, which I didn't used to do. Boo. I know, it sucks. I hate, Boo. It. I hate it like as a personal inconvenience and I hate it from like the environmental impact of it as well. So. And just as a usage <coughs> of your time. Yeah. Oh, no shit. Yeah. yeah. It's so fucked. Yeah. <laughs> it's really bad. Thanks for coming. 
Absolutely. I appreciate it. I don't know if you caught any of the sponsorship. We plugged your shit. Yay! Yeah, we got we we hit you pretty hard. We, that we, show did very well. Close well, on the Sunday. The reviews were interesting. Like they were all very positive, but then like some of the negative stuff it tended to be more along toward Taylor Mac. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just like this is a play that's like intentionally unfocused. But the 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 review of the of the cast yeah yeah and the direction uh, to your credit was very strong everything I saw so yeah I over overwhelmingly when there was something negative said it was about the play yeah which is yeah. which is interesting to me because I think that it's such a good play right and I do read a lot of plays right <laughs> and I think it's a play that we're gonna see. Uh, take its rightful seat in the canon of a classic American family uh -huh. drama uh -huh. really soon. Uh -huh. One of the critiques, it wasn't even a critique, that's not a fair statement, but one of the responses yeah. I saw was that, it, that and in fact, the, the, the thought is it may actually become obsolete by dint of uh, effectively achieving, it should be. achieving its aims. Yes, it totally should be. And there, yeah, I remember there was one review that was like, that might have been. This is really elementary queer theory. Yeah, like that's what I was. Some, that's something what, like language around that, and um, and that again is about the writing. But you know, honestly, for theater-going audiences, who's the pooch? This is Juno. Juno, hi. We got two dogs in the studio today. Yeah, it's Kanye so is my guy. He he comes almost Kanye? every Kanye. Yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like when did you become involved here? Because I had a lease next door for about eight years. Well, this is so Horizon Books is. Oh, it's all good. He's good. Um, what are you doing? Horizon Books was here forever, I think, but I think it was a very different environment until yeah, because it was uh, just Brandon on. took over. He's he's the proprietor now, and he's fantastic. Uh, we have a partnership, and I actually don't. We well, might even run bumping. this part. Let's run this. Let's let everybody know what we're doing. Oh, what are we doing? <laughs> we're we're changing the space in here, man. It's it's bumping. Yeah. Like I came in and I was just like, oh, that's weird that that's the address. For some reason, I thought it was in Seward Park, and I'm like, that's great. I can just walk there, bring the dog. Yeah. And I know that space really, really well. And I was like, very odd that they're recording a podcast in that in that space because I, my lease here ended in December of 2015. Was it next door? Is it where the tattoo shop is? No, Canoe Social Club was down here oh, for years. Wow! Um, it was our third um, address, our third location. It's a project that spanned about ten years. Yeah. And we, our last address was down here. Uh, we were under Puzzle Break. Now has the spaces that's right. that yep, we that's what we're that in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Puzzle Break, everyone. Not a sponsor. They should yeah. be, but they're not. Should totally be a sponsor. They should, I mean, yeah. We, what we with their even... three locations down here, hoarding <laughs> yeah, right. Capitol Hill real estate friends. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's actually a good segue. How long have you been in theater now in, in Seattle? I've been in theater for longer than I've been in Seattle. Right. But I moved to Seattle in 2001. Okay. So you've seen the entire wave. A big wave, yeah. Yeah. Because when you got here, it was, it was uh, Tacoma. <laughs> now it's now it's it was cute Bezos land. <laughs> yeah. yeah totally uh, totally so what brought you here what was the first one? I came out here to go to graduate school at okay. the University of Washington which I did and I chose Seattle because I have a giant but like major theory on people on why people come to Seattle that's been totally screwed by what I'm calling the second gold rush 
-hmm. Because it used to be, and I know so many people that this is a very similar story for them, it used to be that people were like, where's the last fucking edge of the continent before I get to Alaska? Yeah. I'm going there. And you mean that, I'm assuming, both literally but also metaphorically. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so to understand my move here, like I moved out here with a triptych and a road atlas and, I, and nobody had cell phones and people weren't super using email. And I used a travel agent to book my visit to UW and a hotel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a hotel yeah. nearby. Yeah. A travel agent. Right. I was living in New Haven, Connecticut. And Did you know they're coming back a little bit? I hope they are. I think travel agents are fab. Because people don't want to necessarily think about it anymore. Like it's so, oh, it's they're like, oh, I got to do all this too. It's, it's go, you know, uh, Orbitera or Orbit or whatever you call it. It's this thing. And, it's, yep. and they're just Travelocity, like, Travelocity, and, and travel, Expedia. And then, so they'll pay someone. And actually what the new model is that they don't pay the travel agents. Uh, mm. The travel agents get money from the companies that the they The airlines and shit? Airline, hotel, yeah. So it's kind of, you never know. Maybe that'll be the new... The next Jennifer cool. that comes in five years will also book with a travel agent. <laughs> or I will be their travel agent. Yeah. <laughs> Is that sick. your post, your next career move? Yeah, maybe. Something with more travel. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm, um, I drove my Jeep out here with one load of stuff and a different dog. He has since expired. Mm. But yeah, and just um, and set up camp at UW and started uh, It's like a dramaturgy. Sort of no, a... my master's is in set design. So, okay, okay. So that's yeah. interesting. You went that way. Yeah. And now you're the artistic director mm -hmm. of Intimont Theater. Those two things are not incongruent. That happens a lot. Mm. I don't think that it's common, but they're not the opposite it's of not each radical. other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Uh, most people who end up in artistic direction are directors. My undergraduate degree is in directing. And I noticed really quickly after finishing undergrad in 1995, six, six, that there was much more work for scenic designers. And that uh, in order to pursue a degree or a path in directing, you had to be almost a teacher of acting. You, you, your, your early opportunities were going to be with youth and school. And I don't want to teach people how to act. I want to work with people who are no great help. actors. Yeah, right. And, you know, the same way I expect to work with great designers when I'm directing. You know, I expect you to know how to do your job and I will help you when you get stuck. But... I like to work with people that are at the top of their craft and I'm not a very good educator and I knew that about myself really young. I'm a great mentor, but not an educator. That's so great. So uh, look, <laughs> I come yeah. out of the spoken word poetry scene. That's like, yeah. my, that's, you may not even know that, but that's my sort of transition into some of doing this stuff. And I run the weekly slam still to cool. this day. And I got to tell you my biggest beef with, it's my own culture, it's my own community, but there is so much emphasis on like, if you just want to work with the best or if you just want to win in the case of slams, <laughs> you'll get, there, there's like a stigma. It's like, no, we've got to develop everybody and hear all the voices. And I just think that at, the cert at a certain point, like good art, that's where good art goes to die, right? Like, Yeah, I mean, I, I we have this saying at Intamon that excellence is the minimum and equity is the expectation. Mm. And we have a lot of educational programs that mm -hmm. meet people at different ages. We have a high school youth technical theater program that mm -hmm. I work a lot with. Um, we have an emerging career for actors and stage managers and directors, you know, sort of early, early career. And we have even a corporate storytelling training that we yeah. do with Edelman and stuff like oh, do that. Do you work with uh, Yehan? Oh, she's great. She's going to come on the show too. Yeah. Oh, shit. I just yeah. had dinner with her yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Oh, she, that's a great small world, isn't it? Yeah. She's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and Yehan's one of the teaching artists that we employ right, that's to go what made me to go do that, that do that work at the corporate level. 
But when it comes to the main stage productions, when it comes to the work that we put out in the world, there's no training wheels. Right. There's there's no you know, inflatables. Right, that's the in, NFL. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Yeah. It's just like this is us doing the thing that we are expert at. Yes. And everybody will be excellent at it. And uh, there will be equity across the boards. So when you're when you're at a point of excellence, expect to be on the main stage at Intamon. Absolutely. Right. Equity meaning pay. Meaning pay, meaning um, gender parity, mm-hmm. meaning mm-hmm. representation. Okay, cool. Right. Um, all the way. Yep. Right yeah. On. So how long have you been in this position? I've been the artistic director since the fall of this last year. I've been uh, Intamon's artistic producer for five years. What's the difference there for the listener? The producer makes everything and the director chooses everything. Mm-hmm. So now I choose and make everything. You're doing both roles. Yeah. Okay. That sounds fun. I'm trying to, um, you know, it's actually a, pro- a project for the next couple of months, but I would like to hire a production manager, gotcha. somebody that is doing more of the detail tracking and helping me with calendar and budget and stuff like that because it, it, do- it doth add up. Well, that's great. And I, I guess I ask this in some form or another of almost every guest, no matter whether it's, you know, we do civics and arts here. Yeah. City is changing. Yes. Juno, can, I can hear he's all about the change. Um, yeah. How well, is she's that? so about the change oh, she, that she's a she, she right now. <laughs> change, Juno. How is, that, how is that impacting the theater? And that's a question of both, you know, uh, bottom line, but also a question of what's being put on. It's a question of what's being asked to be put on, donors, you name it. I'm just curious how the second gold rush, which is your term, and I'm going to use it now, is impacting your work. I would say to to my own personal experience, the way that it's impacting me is that it is diffi- more difficult for me to be effective. It's more challenging for me to be effective in this city, which means that it's more difficult for me to get from meeting to meeting, from location to location. I and I and so that's traffic. That's literal number of people. I live on Capitol Hill. I have done for almost twenty years. And I work in Lower Queen Anne and I have to go through South Lake Union. Mm-hmm. That experience year to year. And I've been working in Lower Queen Anne since about 2004. Mm-hmm. For the past 14 years, that has gotten increasingly difficult. Right. That commute, it, be it walking or I mean, walking, it's I, I live at the top of Denny Hill. I work at the bottom of Denny Hill. You know, if you want to have a heart attack on the way home, walking up that hill right. every day oh, is I, a great I, way to I do, do it, it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just great. You know, but if you also have a meeting at Langston and then you have another meeting downtown or you have to go to Edelman for this training or you end up meeting a donor in on Bainbridge Island, you're just kind of all over the place and it's really difficult to get around the city. And um, I'm in a bit of a blessed circumstance myself in my living uh, environment, but it, there are no guarantees. I don't own anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like for working artists, it's increasingly difficult to even function in the city. And that was my experience when I was living in New York, which is the city that I had been living in before I came out here, so. You mean the same experience that it's just, it's just difficult? It's just to... harder and harder and yeah. harder to move. And there's a lot of, there's not a lot of innovation around that, you know? I mean, we do have the streetcar, which was so hard fought for. Yeah. yeah it looks like the ramp? I think, yeah, I think. Super so, genius. I think somebody's actually carting gold they're they're mining gold from the back of the they finally found it they fa- <laughs> you Fantastic. know during the actual gold rush do, yeah do, you may know this but people were coming up through here for the yukon mm-hmm. 
Mm. And Seattle really took off as a city, branding itself as the last stop before the Yukon, the gateway to the Yukon. Do you know how far it is from Seattle to the Yukon? So far. You can't stock up in Seattle and then no. get to the Yukon, but that's how nope, they Not with it. a horse? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe with a plane yeah. 150 years later. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Anyway. It's really crazy. So I've noticed that. I, I feel like there are some cultural, creative experiences that have sprung up around the tech culture and, and the influx of people with different appetites, different cultural appetites. And I would say Puzzle Break is one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, no group uh, or ensemble, no theater ensemble in their right mind or any group of creative creatives wants to get locked in a fucking room together. Right, right. Like we do that shit on Thursdays. Right. You know, <laughs> so so the fact that like it, between things like Puzzle Break and yeah. other immersive things like dinner theater, yeah. 360 immersive uh -huh. theatrical experiences, I feel like that's where the intersection between tech professionals and culture is happening right now, but I don't see it really extending to the performing arts. What I see when I'm finishing at my office at eight and walking up Denny Hill or walking through, because my office is actually on Mercer, you know, walking down Westlake, walking through any of these South Lake Union neighborhoods with these condos is a lot of giant ass TV screens playing video games like Call of Duty. Mm. Like people are in their apartments. People go to work. Yeah. They work and live in the same six blocks and they go home, they order takeout and they sit and engage with a two two dimensional media right. of some sort, you know. And I, I have a theory that hey, what um, is it? tech folks would actually be really good allies for a lot of the progressive uh, shit we want to get done, whether through city council, if they had an ounce of civic training. Um, yeah. um, you know, they're not humanities majors, not that college, right, like, right. not that college, like is the end all be all, but they're not humanities majors, they're engineers. Most schools, unless you're literally talking about potentially the Ivy League, most schools don't even require engineers to study politics, study history, study, you know, foreign language. So, but, but if you ask a typical programmer, are they, you know, are they pro density, uh, pro like transit? Yeah. Are they, mm -hmm. you know, uh, cool on gender issues yeah there there's a little <coughs> little ma toxic masculinity here and there but uh, it, but the problem is there's no civic spark there's no that's civic training that's my little theory about them i think somebody someone could do good work here waking up that segment of the population because i think their marketing is my day job and you find people that want to be persuaded you actually can't really ever persuade someone who doesn't yeah. You find people who want to. And I think from a cultural perspective, the, the people moving in want to be persuaded. They're just not, it's not happening. No one's doing it. I don't know. Juno might disagree. Juno's a mouthy cattle dog. That's what she is. <laughs> She's very cute. Thanks. I like her okay. Sometimes. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe. And I also wonder, like, where's that responsibility? Is that the responsibility of the arts groups in town? Maybe, maybe the answer is yes. Is it responsibility of, of Amazon and um, oh, Facebook yeah, and, sure. and these people that are bringing people into a dense urban neighborhood? I mean, like, I have major theories on why driving is so shitty now. And it's not even just the number of cars. It's the fact that people it's sometimes it's people's first car people don't know how to drive in a city they certainly don't know this city this city makes no fucking sense right at all like getting from neighborhood to neighborhood is just like it, it's silly i remember when i first moved here and i had like the manhattan grid in my head and i was just like a grid how about any grid? any grid any <laughs> grid and i was just like where's the sun okay i can't find the sun so i don't actually know which way is north <laughs> 
but then you're like, oh, I'm on 40th. I'm on 40th. And so 40th should logically be the same 40th, even though it's in this quadrant. And you get on and then you're like, nope, lake. There's a lake. There's another lake. There's this other lake, you know. And so (laughs) it just doesn't make any sense. So there are a lot of people moving here that either moved from, let's say they went to um, undergrad and in Iowa where there, you know, there's plenty of room to, for everybody to park and everybody can drive everywhere to the store and everywhere else. And then, and now they drove all their shit out here and they're just like, they got their kayak and everything else. And they got their Subaru and they're trying to like drive to work, yeah. drive the mile to work. Dogs oh, are you too, baby. Yeah. I know. I'd let you off leash, but I don't want to have to chase you. I mean, it's all secure if you want yeah, to. I don't know. I don't just don't. She's not a wanderer. All right. If she starts barking, I'm going to get up and get her. That's fine. Okay. That's fine, yeah. Go see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so much fun. Yeah. And and since the advent of car services, which we thought was going to save us all, right? right? There are people that are that have a car, have a car, live in Burien, drive into Seattle, don't know where anything is. Right. So so you're telling you're having right. to tell them how to drive and how to get around. And at the same time that they are three-dimensionally kind of unaware of like, yeah, you can't take a left off a of Denny. Right. Yeah. If you're, if you're, if Ever. you're headed West, you're fucked. And you know what? Until you get all the that, way to Elliott Bay. That took me a month to figure out. I, I won't lie. I've been here five years now, uh, almost six. It took me a month to figure out. Yeah. You're like, wait, I can't. Well, I don't. How do uh, I? Okay. God. Oh, so it's Stewart or nothing. Yeah. Okay. okay. Right. <laughs> or you can do that weird little, I don't even know the street, but that one weird little uh, right under the the monorail there, right by yep. right, uh, right. You can you can right make by the that five little point. yeah exactly. That's the one little. That's turn the one make. arrow. Yeah. The one the one green arrow. Or you can stop like a jackass, and now they have all these little poles, yellow poles, so you <laughs> yeah. can't take any of the like mid block illegal lefts. Right, right. Yeah, it's what crazy. a what a clusterfuck. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I agree. I think you're absolutely right, and I think you know another thing is I don't think this city was prepared to catch. That many drivers or that many didn't know, want to. Yeah. I mean, it's the whole reason the whole public transportation is sucked. Like Seattle never wanted to be a big city. Yeah, never did, and yeah. it was kind of coming. It was like coming for Seattle. I mean, largeness since, since Microsoft, right? I mean, even Microsoft, yeah, became the biggest company. In the Boeing, world. Boeing, yeah, Adobe, yeah, right, Amazon. Yeah. they've always been here. Yeah, yeah, Nintendo, Nintendo US is yeah. here. Yeah. Question for you. How is it impacting the work? The actual art? Um, I don't know that it is. Like, in terms of my work, you know, or work at Intamon, I mean, we're still really mission-driven, and we, we've maintained about the same size budget and managed to extend programming a little bit um, with some really project specific funding resources that we've found. You're just gonna hang out in there, bud. Um, <laughs> this is great, it's like a dog day. Yay! Like I love these, these are great. Dog yeah. days are the best days. But I don't know, th- I don't know that it's, a, it's affecting the work. I don't think that having more people in Seattle. Not better, not worse, it's just sort of you guys are grinding. You guys are just- I think I think we're grinding. I think um, our audiences are expanding, but I don't think at an unnatural rate or due to an influx of more residents in the metro area. I don't actually think those folks are showing up to the theater. Yeah. Necessarily. Some, some might be right. There's, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know anyone 
who works for any of those companies that we just mentioned. Wow. I mean, I have a lawyer on my board that used to be with Perkins Coie that now works for Amazon, but they're not that, an, a software engineer. What they're an not. interesting statement on where we are. I mean, as a city, cultural segregation. Because I, interesting, you know, yeah. I do find, I live in both worlds. I run the slam, as I mentioned, and I work in a corporate office in, by day. I'm surrounded by MBAs and, and programmers, hmm. and they don't hang out. They don't hang out. I, I can't get them in a room together. If I if I host hmm. a happy hour, it's one or the other, right? And so you're 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 you just said something even simpler, which is yeah. I don't know anyone who works for any of those companies. Yeah, that's wild to say. I mean, I guess I don't know. I'm like, what do they do at night? Do they go to the bar? That's it, guys. Podcast is over. Uh, we have solved the the, the <laughs> core of the problem. Fantastic. <laughs> Juno's going to no. take care of it. No, we're, we're just She's going to go round everybody up and bring them to the bar. And then we're going to hear some poetry. Yeah, babe. That's right. I like that. What do you guys have coming up? I know you just you closed down uh, here, which was yeah, awesome. Yeah, that closed on Sunday. Our next show coming up is called, it's written by Allison Gregory, and it's called Wild Horses. It is a one-woman solo show. It's a coming-of-age story. Uh, this woman recounts um, a specific um, series of events in the summer of the 13th year of her life. A wonderful local actress named Deidre Woods is playing the role, and a cherished uh, local director, Sheila Daniels, is directing it. Okay. Um, when does that come up? Um, that opens, we rehearse in May, and then we open the first week of June. Oh, that's great. And so uh, this is going to be like, yeah, and before that, Sheila is directing the Wolves at ACT, so that will open in about three weeks here. Okay, probably right about um, when we air. So for those of oh, you fantastic, yeah, go see the Wolves at ACT. That's going to be beautiful. And our third show is written by Karen Zacharias, and it's called Native Gardens, and it is a it's a, a colonization allegory, but it's um takes it's a comedy. And it takes place in the, sh the adjacent backyards of two um, D.C. brownstones. And there's an older couple, a uh, hetero couple of European descent, and a younger hetero couple of Latinx descent move in next door to them. And the way that they want to keep their garden, and they want to have a native garden, like with all of the moss and bugs and fungi and like no pesticides and stuff, and then this, they're right next to this very heavily curated, <clears throat> manicured, mm -hmm. prize-winning. Wow, that sounds fantastic. When does that go up? That is going to open the first week of September. So we rehearse in August okay. and first week of September. And then interspersed in there, we have two ed programs. One is called the Starfish Project. And that is a, a six-week free after-school technical theater training program. Mm -hmm. That's that for high school? Is at, yeah, we're in Franklin High School and Rainier Beach High School. Okay. And we have performances with students who are developing their own uh, original stories from their communities, families and communities. And um, not super dissimilar, but our um, Intamon's Emerging Artist Program, which is directed by Sarah Porkalob, who is, um, many of your listeners may know Sarah's work, but um, is a, a award-winning solo performer herself. And we have an industry showcase for those folks, and that is the third weekend in August, and that's uh, going to be on Seattle Center campus in the Al Hedef studio. Well, outstanding. So we end stuff. every show mm -hmm. with a segment we call If You Care About, 
mm. then you should fill in the blanks. Oh my gosh, yeah, you warned me about this. I, I, I warn everybody and it catches everyone off guard. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, yeah. mm. I would say, I don't know who listens to this podcast, but if you work in the tech industry and you care about storytelling and representation and specifically cultural representation around you, you should get out of your apartment, at the very least go to your bar and talk with your bartender and learn a bit of their story. And at the max, you should come see something that has been produced by Intamon Theater. Snaps to that. Jennifer, thank you so much Puzzle for coming break. on. Come back again next year. Come I back work, anytime. I work for Puzzle Break. I'm a spy. <laughs> Those fucking kids. I, I might keep that in there. I'm a spy. That was me and Jennifer Zale. Man, I liked her. She's the artistic director at Intamon Theater, and you heard the woman go see one of their shows this summer. Our sponsor this week was Rain City Poetry Slam. You can start getting involved by heading to their Grand Slam Championship this Wednesday, the 25th, at Hales Palladium. Tickets available at raincityslam.com, on brown paper tickets, or on Facebook. All music by the Subcons. Dope opening poem sample by Anthony McPherson. Thanks to our sound engineers, Brandon and Naboo. I'm your host, Ian Martinez, and this has been Up Zones, a Cascadia Underground production. My favorite. See you next week. <laughs>